Awesome. Fantastic. You may be seated. Wow, I love your church. This is good. It's happening here. Ah. Thank you, Pastor. Oh, he's still coming. Is he coming? Pastor Troy and Pastor Jennifer for having me. Um, this is exciting. Man, the, the, the anointing in this place is fantastic. You feel it? Some of you are. Some of you are. It's good. Uh, um, I, can't, I couldn't help stand there in the worship and just feel the presence of God, and then the word of the Lord just keeps coming. You know how you get in the presence of God and the word of the Lord? And fantastic. And I, I wrote down here, because uh, 25 years in, in ministry, that's fantastic. That's unbelievable. You must have started when you were about 15. <laughs> but Jennifer, it must have been when you were about five or six, you started there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I love your, your vision for your church. And, and I got a picture. So I, I just want to share my picture before I just introduce a little bit about myself. The picture I saw was uh, uh, in Ezekiel. Uh, I think it's around Ezekiel 47. It talks about the river. You know, the river flows out from, from the temple. And it's up to your ankles and knees. At the end of it, it says that the angel said to uh, Ezekiel, turn around and walk back. And, and uh, what, I, what I see is this church, I can see it going out. And, and it's not just Pastor Troy and Pastor Jennifer. It's, it's you all going. It's all, it's all over. And it's like you're, you're walking rivers going out. And when you turn around and look back, there's life. Because if you read Ezekiel 47 on the way back, he says he takes the guy for a walk back. And he is trees and life and, and it's like taking a desert and turning it into life. And I just really feel spiritually around, uh, around the world. That's what you're going to do as a church, bring life to people. And it's very exciting. So isn't God good? So it's already been said that I'm uh, from New Zealand. Uh, I'm not sure whether I say it right because it, all the Americans seem to correct me on how to say our own country. Uh, <laughs> New Zealand... Uh, that's good. And, uh, yeah, I love New Zealand. I've got to be honest. I believe it's the best country in the world. Uh, there's only about five million of us. That's about it. And uh, we live in a city called Tauranga, uh, and it's, it's a beautiful... In fact, it's the nicest city in New Zealand. So if you come to New Zealand, you've got to come to Tauranga. It's the nicest place. And yes, The Lord of the Rings was, was filmed uh, on a farm just around, well, about half an hour from where my wife bought, was brought up. She was brought up in a place called Matamata. And uh, that's where Lord of the Rings, the, the, the little, um, what do you call it, Hobbitville. Hobbiton, yeah, that's where that is right there. And my wife had the privilege uh, of knowing the people whose farm that was, that was uh, built on. And you know, fascinating, that farm that they picked... Uh, it was the Alexander's farm, and, and years before, he, he great, the grandfather Alexander used to get his whole family to go on a line, and they would walk all over the farm pulling out thistles and, and, and planting grass, and it was an extremely manicured farm. And so when the directors flew over the Waikato, that farm would have stood out, and it makes you think... You know, uh, see a man who's diligent in his work, he'll serve before kings. And, and that, that's why they spotted that, that farm out of a whole lot of them. Anyhow, that's... So my wife, uh, Eleanor, we've been married uh, nearly 28 years. And uh, I think there's a picture of my wife somewhere 
here. No, that's okay. Uh, so, so that's Eleanor, and uh, yeah, she's she's awesome. She's uh, she preaches all the time in our church, probably more than I do. She's uh, she's a gun. She's a bit of a you use the term fireball. Yeah, that's my. I'm the quiet one. She's the fireball, and I can say anything I like here, and she's not going to know, and that's good. <laughs> and we got four kids. We got four kids. Caleb's 21. Yeah, Caleb's 21. And <laughs> uh, my picture up there, they did have to um, do a little bit of um, fixing it, modifying of it. It wasn't to my face. It was that my shirt was up too high, and you could see, and 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 it wasn't seemly. So, and then I've got a, a daughter who's six. Uh, sorry, a daughter who's 18. Kirsten, another daughter, 16. Uh, Sarah, who is 16 tomorrow, but is actually 16 today, because in New Zealand, we're 18 hours ahead of you, 18 hours, so for them in in New Zealand right now, it's Monday morning, and a godly hour of about four o'clock in the morning, but it's Monday morning, and then I've got Andre there, and he's our show-off, right in the front there, so let's quickly get to the message, if you've got your Bible, Genesis 28, Genesis 28, let me just read you verse 16. It says this, Then Jacob awoke from the sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I wasn't even aware of it. But he was also afraid and said, What an awesome place this is. And it's none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Let me just pray. Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place. And Lord, right now we just ask that you speak to our hearts, speak to our minds. Father, I pray that you would speak uh, through me this morning. Lord, I pray revelation would come. Lord, the revelation of the Spirit. Lord, that we would be seeing. We wouldn't be not seeing, we would be seeing. Lord, we would be hearing you, hearing what your Spirit's saying right now to this church. Father, I pray your Holy Spirit moves on people. In Jesus' name, amen. So uh, the title of my message is, You're in a Spiritual Battle. You're in a Spiritual Battle. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a bit of a risk in talking about spiritual things because uh, there's a risk that we'll lose touch of reality. You know, if you start thinking too spiritually and there's spiritual stuff everywhere, you can get a little bit, I suppose, spooky and a little bit disconnected. But the other problem we have is that we can be on the other side, we can be a little bit too uh, blasé about the spiritual. We can think the spiritual just happens in in church on a Sunday, and and we can forget that uh, there's a spiritual thing happening at home, or or at work, or at school. The the spiritual and the natural are right there uh, happening together, weaving together, and uh, I do want to say, because I don't like people getting fearful, you don't need to fear the spiritual. You don't need to fear the spiritual. 1 John 4 says this, But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit that lives in the world. Our God's bigger, isn't he? We used to sing a song, our God's bigger, stronger. He's bigger. So you don't need to be afraid of anything in the spiritual. You don't need to. But you do need to be aware that you are in a spiritual battle I'm in a spiritual battle, and and the spiritual battle isn't just in the church 
or in our, in our Christian life parts. It's right through all the time. It's weaved. The spiritual and the natural weave together all the time. You know, we, we like to separate things and to try and work out how they look, but, but it's weaved in together. So when you say hello to somebody, yes, it's a, it's a physical hello, but there's a spiritual thing happening. There's a, there's a spiritual thing happening all the time and a natural thing happening, and, and each influence each other at a huge rate. They're all influencing each other. The spiritual and the natural are influencing all the time. And there's like what I'd call little combinations that unlock things in the spiritual and they unlock things in the natural. Uh, Pastor Boyd this morning gave a, a prophetic word about mountains. Now, now, that's a spiritual, but it's a natural thing as well. It's, it's just speaking into your situation, my situation, that unlocks something, and they're interacting between them. And there's a whole lot of combinations. I don't know if you've noticed, Jesus used a whole lot of combinations when he was praying for people. In fact, they were never the same. He'd always do something different. You know, some person he, he just spoke to and they got healed, and then others he picks up mud and puts it in their eyes and they're, and they're healed. There's combinations, and the combinations work with natural, spiritual. You know, there's, there's speaking the word. If you've been a Christian for a while, you know, the word is important. You've got you to gotta speak it. You've got you to know it, and that unlocks things. What we do, our actions, our actions are powerful. They have an interaction into the spiritual. And sometimes our continual actions are combinations. And, and look, I just go, the combination's un, unlimited. What you're facing today, wherever you are and whatever situation, there is a combination to unlock it. And too often we just go to our old one we've always done. Instead of going, Holy Spirit, what's the combination? And as I talk this morning, I'm really wanting you to go, what's the combination that I need to unlock this in my life or that in my life, this situation or this person or this relationship? There's a spiritual connection. There's all sorts of things. You know, uh, we read the Bible, and I think sometimes in our minds we distance ourselves a little bit from the Bible. What do I mean by that? We sort of see it as then and not now. You know, there's a whole lot of things throughout the, uh, the Bible that are naturally impossible. Uh, how many people here have walked on water? No one? How many people have tried? We've all had a go. I, I must say my faith isn't that strong. I haven't tried with my clothes on. Uh, I've tried with my togs and my swimmers on or something like that, but, but not, not in my clothes. You know, you don't... So I haven't really got faith. But I haven't walked on water. Yet, yet Jesus and Peter walked on water. That is not naturally possible. Throughout the Bible, there's all these things that happen that are not naturally possible. And the natural and the spiritual weaving together all the time. Jesus healed people. It wasn't possible for some of these people to see. Naturally, it's not possible. But spiritually, it was possible. You know, the Red Sea opening up, that, that's not possible. Millions of people walking through it. That's, that's, and then for it to, at the right time, come back and drown all the, all the Egyptians. That, it's, not, it's not natural, but it's natural, but it's spiritual, but it's natural. It's weaving together. 
You know, I don't know about you, but I read through the Bible and it's just full of the natural and the spiritual happening all the time. I don't know if you've read in Acts 5.14 about Peter and his shadow. Have you, have you ever tried to work that out? Peter's, <laughs> Peter's shadow would fall on some people and they would get healed. What, what's that? Like, like, I know me touching, but what's, what's a shadow just... Well, what about Paul? If you read in Acts 19, in verse 11 around there, he'd have his handkerchief. It always sounds a bit funny when you're saying handkerchief, because we, uh, but, but he'd have, they'd have cloths that had just touched Paul that people would take away and lay on somebody and they'd get healed. What's that? What is that? What, what, do you th- what does that make you think? You go, hold on, what, what's in those cloths? There's a, there's a remnant of the power of God. There, there is a physical and, and the spiritual interacting all the time. We know the lady that was healed that reached out and physically touched Jesus. There was something came out of the power came out of him and, and ministered. You know, it's all through the Bible, all these interactions. You can't go far and you find this interaction of natural and spiritual. Elisha, do you know, they, they, they threw some bodies, some guys running away, and they were getting chased, I think it's by the Moabite raiders. And so they had a dead body with them they're taking somewhere. So they throw him into a cave where Elisha's bones are, and the guy... Jumps, it would have been funny to see. Jumps up and he's alive and runs out. What, what's in those bones? There's a presence, there's a part of, there's a power of, of God. All the time there is interactions. And you see, we, we, we forget it. The start of my verse was here's Jacob in this place and he didn't know the presence of God was in it. He has this dream, and then suddenly he, he wakes up and goes, surely the Lord's in this place. His presence is in this place. There is a carrying of presence. There's a carrying of the presence that you and I carry all the time that makes a difference. It changes the atmosphere around us. You're, you're carrying a spiritual dimension. Uh, I can remember... When I was about 18, 19, so just my background was I, I was an accountant. Uh, don't hold that against me. Uh, uh, and, and I did a, uh, a, a degree in, in management, so I went off to do university in another place just, just near from, from where I live. And, and I'm in, I'm in the, a, a boy's flat. Uh, I don't know what boy's flats are like here, but a boy's flat over there was, let's be honest, disgusting wasn't very nice, and uh, it was just, it was raw, and uh, every, every holidays I'd come home to, to my mother's house. My, my mother and father were pastors, we took over the, the church uh, that, that they were part of, or they were leading, which is our church, a few years ago, but uh, I'd come home, and they just built this beautiful house, and downstairs they had this beautiful guest room that sort of opened out onto a really lovely sort of backyard, country sort of feel. And I can remember going home often and just feeling the presence of God in that house. I could just, I could just feel it. 
And, and I, I would relax. I knew my, my quiet times and my worship times were, were better there. I just felt like I could hear clearer. You know, you know how sometimes there's a, there's a haze and, and a lot of noise, but you can get to some places and suddenly you go, man, there's a clarity. While I was standing down, th- down there in this place, there, there, was a, there was a clarity. The spirit is in this place. And, and you could hear. And I go, what is that? Why in that place? And, and my conclusion was my mother is a prayer. Uh, when I said this, I had to say, I know you pray too, Dad, but I think Mum prays more than you, so it's Mum who gets the credit here. But, but there was something in that place, and it was built by my mother who had spent time praying and worshipping, and it, it, it changed the, the molecules, it changed the atoms, it affected that place. And my question is, is, do you carry that around and do you change the place around you? You know, it's fine in here. I, I know I think this would be the same for Pastor Troy as it is for me. We don't, we love it that you love it in church, but it's got to be lived out Monday to Friday in the real world. It, it's got to be lived out in your home. When people walk into your home, do they go, oh, I can sense something. You know, you will have, and I know you've probably already had people come in here and go, ooh, there's a peace in here. In fact, some of you who might be just visiting for the first time here or in any of the other locations, you've walked in and you've gone, ooh, there's a peace in here. There's the presence of God. We, we carry it and we affect the place around us. Do people walk into your house and go, ooh, the presence of God is in this place? Do they walk into your workplace? And go, whoo. Do they, do they sit in your car and go, man, have you been praying in this car? You've been singing. You've been worshipping. We, we all carry the presence of God and we're affecting the people around us. You see, see, God's trying to get a message to people all the time. Do you know that God's trying to get a message? Even right now, God's speaking and thinking about you. The psalm says... He thinks of you as much as the sand on the seashore, as many thoughts as the sand on the seashore. That means he is continually, continually thinking about you. And he's continually trying to tell you something. And sometimes we just need someone else to, th- to say it to us. So when you come to church on a Sunday morning, uh, you know, God can see. Well, God's trying to talk to you, and Pastor Troy gets up and just says something, and he, he interprets that, and he speaks that into you. It happens one-on-one. When you're with someone, you, you speak a word of encouragement. Suddenly, they have life flow into them. You're all carrying the presence of God, and it's natural and it's spiritual. It doesn't stop when you walk out the door. It's the same when you meet someone. They read your spirit. They're sensing something. And I just see... You know, one of our, 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 our challenges is that so often we let the things around us crowd in and stop us. The enemy's trying to stop you. He's trying to stop you. He's trying to stop you being effective. He's trying to stop you hearing from God. One of the stories that, in the Bible that sort of messes with my head a little bit. You know how the Bible messes with your head? You sort of, you know, Peter, uh, Peter, has this revelation. Jesus asked, who am I? And he goes, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and, and Jesus says to him, look, flesh and blood, 
hasn't revealed that to you. You've had a, a spiritual download. You've, you've heard that from God. You know, Peter's going, yeah, come on. I'm the man. I've got it, you know. Yeah, yeah, now I've got it. I keep hearing, I keep hearing. And, and it would have only been half an hour later, Jesus is saying something else. He's saying, oh, no, 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 this is Peter. No, that's not how it's going to be. And, and Jesus turns around. I mean, a pretty heavy duty turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. You, you, you're not hearing from the Spirit. Now, now you're hearing from the world. How, how amazing how quick that happens. One minute, man, I'm really hearing God's speaking. The next minute, even Peter is being influenced by worldly thinking and worldly things and begins to say some things. You know, when I, when I started thinking about the spiritual and the natural, we've got five senses, and, and those things weave in. To, to the spiritual, you can see naturally, you can see spiritually. You can, you can hear naturally, you can hear spiritually. You know, that's why our speaking is so, so powerful. But you can feel naturally and you can feel spiritually. And, and they're interacting and they're affecting each other. And, and you're carrying this, this presence with you, with, within you. you. You can smell. The Bible talks about smelling do you know you have a smell? Don't, don't look at anybody next to you, but there's a smell. A smell is an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, you can walk into a place and you can smell something. You, someone can walk past you and you can, oh, you can smell all sorts of things, can't you? But, but is that the same in the spiritual? People walk past. Oh. Something about you. Or do they walk past and they feel the anger? Or they feel the... the when, there's all these things that we feel spiritually and naturally that are, that are happening all the time. What else have I got? I've done five senses. I've forgotten something there in the five senses. Taste. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Interact. It, it's happening. You know, so... so you know, all the time the enemy's trying to take territory. And, and I do think at times it's physical. That's why I love the, the building. And I, and I feel, and, and you're going to have buildings all around. Why? why? Because that, that, that's a physical presence. There is something about it. That's why our homes are so important. There's a presence everywhere that, that, that is physical and natural. All sorts of things affect those things. Your belief, your faith level, your, your word knowledge, that, that affects how you're, you're going. Your obedience affects. You know, obedience is, is just a huge thing that affects how you are in your connection with God and what's happening around you. Sin dampens. Sin, to me, I like, is like uh, goo. It just... It just hazes and, and, it's, and it just slows you down and it stops you being receptive and it stops you emanate. Oh, I can't say that word. Uh, it stops you shining out light. No, that's not quite right, is it? <laughs> You're full of the Holy Spirit. You know, and if the full of the Holy Spirit is about being baptized and it fills up till it's overflowing, then, then you can have portions, you can have levels. Are you continually full of the Holy Spirit? Is it always flowing out of you wherever you are? Your confession. Oh, man, the enemy's after your confession. Do you know that was the whole challenge between God and the devil around Job? 
The whole thing about Job was just to take his confession, just to take him where he goes, where he curses God. All the enemy wanted was control over his lips. So, so what, what, what for you? What's controlling? So what's saying? If you looked at all your words, how many of them are full of the Holy Spirit and how many of them are dead? Worldly? It's affecting everything. Now, like I said at the start, we've got to get this balance. We don't want to become... We don't want to become so spiritual that we're disconnected and we don't want to become so natural, but, but they're weaving together all the time. Your prayer life is affecting what you carry and what's around you. And so this morning, you're in a spiritual battle. I'm in a spiritual battle. You are in a spiritual battle. So what are you going to do? See, every situation has, has a spiritual connection to it. There's a key to it. We're not fighting people. You know, you might have some conflict with some people right now. You're not fighting people. The Bible says we don't wrestle against people. But there's some spiritual ha- things happening around people. There's some spiritual things happening. And so we've got we've to find the combination. I go, I've said all that to come back and go, right now in your life, what combination do you need to unlock something in your life? What do you need? Do you need to just spend a bit more time praying? And look, here's the thing. God will speak to you. You need the key for your situation. The key that I have for my situation is different from the key that you have for your situation. And you've got to find it. Most keys will involve, I think, three things. They'll involve the Word of God. You'll get a, a word, a revelation, a, a, a scripture that you go, that's my key. I believe most of them will, will have an action. Again, you look through the Bible, there's a physical action that has a spiritual chain reaction. What's your, what's your action? It might be if you're in a bad relationship that you do something nice. You give a gift. You, you do something. It might be someone, if you're praying for someone who's away from, from God, it might be that you just do something to, to send them a text, send them something. But there is a physical thing that then will unlock the spiritual thing. And the third one for me is for how long. What do I mean by that? Again, you, you read through the Bible. There's all sorts of times. Three days. That's if you're a better Christian for you know, oh that's I know what three days Jesus was dead for three days. So three days. So you, you may have to go, God, how long to break through on this? And he might go, three days. You'll go, yay, three days is a good one. But he might say seven. He might say seven times seven, you know, like Naaman had to go and wash in the river seven times. So seven, it could be seven days, could be seven weeks, seven months, seven years. But what is it? And you go, I'm going to commit to, to continually getting through to get that breakthrough in my life. It could be 21. 21's a day. You know, Daniel, the answer for him took 21 days to get there. What, what is it? 40 could be 40. 40. Jesus went and prayed and fasted for 40, 40 days in the, in the wilderness. I don't recommend that one. You've got to hope that that's not the one you have to do. 40, 40 days of fasting. Man, just water. Ooh. Man, that's, uh, that's heavy duty. 
What's the combination? You, you might be having financial trouble in your, in your business. Look, look that's why giving is, a, is, giving is a natural, but it's spiritual. It unlocks. When you give, you, you unlock something in your life. You know, you want your business to be blessed. You unlock it by giving. I don't know if you have a building. I think movement day is all about movement offering. You, you sow into that. Uh, in the last month, the guy in our church was believing for a deposit for a house. And house prices in our city have gone through the roof. They're, they're just Most people are saying now it's impossible. We'll never own a house. And he was going for a, wanting to get a, a, a loan to, to do. We wanted a deposit to get on a house. And he really didn't have anything. And we had a men's conference. I think you've got a, some men's thing. He came to our men's conference. And uh, a guy prophesied, brought him out and said, look, I just feel that um, this... And he, all the men and said, you guys have got to help this guy get a deposit for his, for his house. And we went, oh, okay. So I put his account number on the, on the screen and said, look, if any of you want to, you don't have to. $33,000 from people in our church who just thought we want to help this person get a house. Yeah, it was, man, God is amazing. And it unlocked something. Because the guy also said this would unlock you helping people in your city get into a house. And, and, and so there's something you've got to do sometime. Uh, you, again, look through the Bible. Moses put a, a staff up. They didn't, the Red Sea would not have opened if Moses hadn't have gone, I'll put my staff up. Because that's what God said for him to do. He had to do something in the natural to affect something in the spiritual. What do you need to do? Right now, whatever that situation that you're facing, wherever you are, what do you need to do? You might think of five situations. What, what is the, what's the combination you need to unlock there? What's God saying into your spirit? You know, there's things that are about this church. There's some combinations that your pastor has talked about. And that combination, we've all got to get in and do those. And that combination unlocks things for this church. It allows things to happen. The natural and the spiritual. Business. I have a heart for business. I've nearly gone bankrupt twice. But the grace of God and, and, and just knowing that there were certain things I needed to do that unlocked it. What, what's your situation? What's your situation? Why don't you close your eyes wherever we are? What do you need to do? You are in a spiritual battle. Whether you accept it or not, there's spiritual things happening. And some of your situations today are spiritual. Yongi Cho says, every problem a spiritual problem. What's the combination? What's going to unlock it? Holy Spirit, right now, I just pray you just speak into people's hearts and into their minds. going to hand it back to your pastor, but your first step to get connected spiritually is you've got to have a relationship with God, and he's going to come and quickly talk about that. Father, minister to people, I pray. Thank you, Jesus. Father God, we thank you for Pastor Allen and his word today. We thank you as he declared 
spiritual and natural in our lives. Father, I thank you that we activate those by faith and by steps of obedience to your word. We thank you for that, Father, in Jesus' name.